The Productive Woman, Episode 284. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Welcome and thank you for joining me. This week we're going to talk a little bit about work-life balance. You'll find more information and links to some resources I mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 284. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander and by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day trial of its cloud accounting software, no credit card required, to the Productive Woman listeners. So visit freshbooks.com slash TPW and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Give it a trial run to see if it can help you handle your business finances. I'll talk a little more about FreshBooks later on in the show, but right now I want to give a shout out to Text Expander, a, a longtime sponsor and one of my favorite productivity tools. It is one of the first apps that I load onto any device that I uh, set up or that I buy. Text Expander can let you save time typing and boost your productivity they, by letting you create snippets, little short abbreviations for longer bits of text that you type a lot or cut and paste a lot. Your snippets can be simple, like your phone number, or more complex, like customizable long forms with fill-in fields and automatically calculated dates. Anything you type or copy and paste frequently can be quickly created as a snip and save you hours of time. I use Text Expander many times every day in my legal work, in my productive woman stuff, and in personal matters. Text Expander works everywhere you type without a special plugin. You can use it in email, in word processors, in spreadsheets, web apps and services, websites, and so much more. And with Text Expander for Teams, businesses can use Text Expander every day to manage and share snippets with employees so that you have a consistent message across your organization. Smile Software, who are the makers of Text Expander and several other useful productivity tools, host interesting webinars every month, like Power Tools for Customer Support Professionals with Help Scout in March, along with Text Expander Beginner, Advanced, and Teams webinars. And these are all offered for free. So check it out. Sign up now at TextExpander.com. And Text Expander is available for Mac OS, for Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And right now you can visit textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year. So as a Productive Woman listener, this offer is available to you. That, that's just go to textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year. And be sure you let them know that the Productive Woman podcast sent you. I'm going to talk this week about work-life balance. I recently spoke at 
the River Women Wellness Retreat in Alaska, where we talked about this, about work-life balance. And there was a lot of conversation about it over the course of the retreat. And I just thought it would be worthwhile to share with you some of my thoughts, some of the things I shared with the women at the retreat, and some other things that I've thought about since then. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And here's what's interesting to me. In preparing to talk about work-life balance, I googled the phrase work-life balance women. And I was a little surprised to find that there were 1 billion 70 million results in that search. That's over 1 billion articles, books, images, and more about work-life balance women. So Obviously, it's been discussed a lot. Uh, There's tons of resources online about it. It comes up often in conversations among women, in in person, just, you know, face-to-face conversations via email that I get from from listeners uh, in the Facebook group and elsewhere. There's a lot of conversation going on about this concept of work-life balance. And, um, you know, it can be frustrating. It feels like something we're supposed to be trying to accomplish, but aren't quite sure how. I love what one writer has said about this whole issue of work-life balance. And I will put a link to this article in the show notes because it's, it's worth reading. And so this is what a little bit of what this writer has said. Work-life balance has been sold to women as being the key to happiness by suggesting all we need to do is simply find a better way to fill our roles without going crazy. The bottom line message being unfairly sold to women is that if we would only prioritize our work lives better, we would have more time to spend with friends, family, and on ourselves. The trouble is accomplishing more personal time requires a significant amount of work and the term balance becomes moot. Very few people can or would want to spend half their time working and half their time not working. Furthermore, the writer says, there are plenty of women who do not have a job outside the home who need more balance in their lives. And what about the career women who love their work so that trying to add more time, you know, balance, baking cookies at home would be to their detriment? And this is what I really love about what this writer said in this article. The very term work-life balance implies that there is a balance to be had in the first place. Writer says there is not. And if we do not have it, something is wrong with us. I want to read that again because this was something that really stuck out to me. And this was something we really uh, talked about at the retreat. So, So let me read this again. The very term work-life balance implies that there's a balance to be had in the first place, and if we do not have it, something is wrong with us. Work-life balance, the writer says, is just one more task for women to try and find the time to tend to, one more thing on our long to-do list to fail and feel bad about not accomplishing in a day. To think we can achieve better work-life balance by simply being more prioritized, better organized, or by trying harder is foolishness at best. And this is an article called Why Work-Life Balance Sucks for Most Women. You know, this was so thought-provoking for me, and it resonated so much with me as I read it and when we talked about it at the retreat. Uh, the, The fact 
that we talk about work-life balance, that this phrase is out there, as this writer says, it implies that there is a balance, a balance, a perfect balance that we can have. And if we don't have it, something is wrong with us. And what I told the women at the retreat, and what I want to say to you is, there is not something wrong with you. If you are struggling to find a balance between work, whether it's paid work or volunteer work or, or whatever it is, and life, and and you're not finding it the way you want it to be, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means that we need to rethink this phrase and what it means to have balance. Uh, because as, as this writer says, to think that all we need to do to have the perfect work-life balance is just prioritize better and get better organized or try harder. That's foolishness. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So we're going to talk about some things we can do to sort of identify for ourselves what it means to have that balance in our lives, the balance that we want, which is going to be individual for each of us. But I, I don't want you to think that in talking about this, I think I've got it all figured out. I don't. I don't always get it right. I uh, have... <laughs> often gotten it wrong. And I'll, you know, I have a tendency to get absorbed in one thing to the exclusion of others. So getting some sort of balance, uh, however you want to define that is hard for me. And I also have a hard time saying, no, I don't like to disappoint people. I don't like to miss out on opportunities. So I have a tendency to say yes to things that, that, uh, still <laughs> that I later regret. When I think about work-life balance, finding that balance between work, your profession, your business, whatever that is, and the other parts of your life, what always comes to my mind is the uh, rehearsal for my oldest daughter's wedding. This was several years ago. And we were at the church going, you know, you know what a wedding rehearsal is like. Uh, things going on, practicing kind of who's supposed to be where, when, and what, what order things are going to happen in. And at one point during the rehearsal, my daughter announced kind of to the group that someone had to be sure that mom didn't bring her mobile phone to the wedding. And everybody nodded and laughed. Um, and I, you know, I laughed too, but I was embarrassed because it was kind of, you know, it was a wake up call in a sense. She was right to point it out because I was there at the rehearsal sitting in the pew in my place where I was supposed to, you know, be during the wedding, replying to work emails on my phone. Uh, so I was very much not fully present in that moment on this very important day for my daughter. And of course, this is coming to mind because our younger daughter is getting married in about three weeks. And as I'm recording this, we have a, a bridal shower today. And, um, so all of these thoughts about a time when I very much didn't get it right, that balance between work and personal or the other important parts of my life, I was not present. I was not uh, really there the way I wanted to be. And to me, that's how you identify, or at least for myself, how I identify when I'm getting balance and I'm using the air quotes there, when I'm getting it right, is when whatever I'm doing, whether it's work or personal or relationship 
activities or whatever, I'm there. I'm present in that moment and I'm not letting the other pieces of my life intrude on the whatever important thing I'm engaged in at the time. And again, I don't always get it right any more than than most people do. But there are things that we can think about to to you know make progress in that area. What works for me uh, in addressing those challenges that I have that that tendency to get absorbed in one thing and let it bleed over into everything else, and the difficulty saying no. There, there are a couple of things. There's the the big picture way I approach it is trying to be very intentional and about thinking on purpose about what really matters to me and paying attention to how I'm actually spending my time and whether I am present, you know, in that moment on a day-to-day basis, what it means to me, what helps me um, kind of create a better sense of balance for myself is Simple things like setting timers and alarms, putting boundaries around certain activities as far as when to start and when to stop. So I have a time of day, I work from home with my law practice, but I have a time of day when I am to be at my desk working. And I have a time of day when it's time to shut down and go you know, leave the law practice at my desk and go do some of the other things that are important to me. It's very difficult for me because there's always more work to be done, right? I know you have the same experience that if you, if you are going to work until it's the work is finished, you you'll be working 24 seven because there's always something more to be done. But I have tried very intentionally to create boundaries around my work you know, the, my legal practice, my productive woman work, my uh, other things that I'm doing uh, to make space for each of those important activities in my life. Again, I'm not, I don't get it right. My husband will tell you I don't get it right all the time, but I'm sure trying. So as we talk about work-life balance, and this is not going to be like a comprehensive treatise on on how to achieve work-life balance, but just me sharing a few thoughts that I've had about it, a couple of things that maybe can help us find and create that better balance for, for our specific lives. Uh, and I would love to hear your thoughts about this as well. So when you're finished listening to this episode, I, I really would love it if you'd reach out to me uh, and I'll share some ways you can do that to, to talk about how, what it means to you to have work-life balance, what, how you know when you've gotten it right, uh, where you struggle, those sorts of things. So what do I know about work-life balance? Here are my thoughts on it. First of all, I don't think balance means equal amounts of time to each area of your lives. When I think of balance, I think of a scale and, you know, if it's in balance, there, the two sides of it are level and even. And I, I don't think work-life balance works that way. I don't think it even means necessarily that at any given moment, you, you're spending exactly the right amount of time on each part of your life. I'm, I'm not sure how we decide what is the exact right amount of time for each area. Uh, I think there are things we can do to identify where we'd like to spend more time or less time. But I, I just don't think that you can have equal amounts or even exactly the right amount of time on any given day. 
I believe that no one else can tell you what's right for you. I certainly can't. I think what's right for someone else might not be right for you. We can listen to each other, get ideas from each other, but it has to be measured against the stage of life we're in, the things that are important to us and those sorts of things. Uh, And so one of the next things that I know is you can't figure out what's right for you by looking at someone else's life. You you don't see the whole picture and you may see someone, a friend or a, a celebrity you admire, someone that you think is getting it right. And you might be surprised if you talk to her to find out that she doesn't think she has it right either. You only see a part of the story, even in people, you know, very, very well, You don't know the whole story about what's going on in their life. Again, we can learn from each other. We can get ideas from each other. And I think we should. Having conversations about this, about what's working, what's not working, can help us crystallize in our own minds what what we want for our life. But we can't just look at someone else's life and say, that's what my life needs to look like. I also believe that the right balance, and I'm using air quotes around right again, because I don't know how to define that, you know, in a broad sense, but whatever that is, I think it changes throughout your life. Your, the stage of life you're in can have a big impact on how much time you spend on different areas of your life. If you have small children, a new baby at home or, or toddlers or something, you're going to be spending more time caring for them and maybe have less time for a hobby or a side hustle or something like that. If you have just gotten out of college and started your first job, maybe you're going to be spending more time establishing yourself in your career, learning the ropes than, um, than maybe you will spend later on in your life. I'm at a stage now where I'm an empty nester. Our, our kids are grown and gone three of them married and have children, another one getting married in a few weeks, and uh, our fifth one finishing up graduate school this year. But we're for most of the time, it's just Mike and me, and I have more time for certain things now than I did when our kids were little. So whatever it turns out that you identify as the, the optimum balance that you want for your life, that may change as you go through different stages of your life. So if you can't ask somebody else what is the right work-life balance and you can't model your life after someone else's or or look at someone else's life and, and paste that onto yours, how do you figure out what that optimum balance is for you? I think it has to start, as most things do, with being very, very clear on what you want, on what's important to you. And we've talked about this in the past, the, the questions that we can ask ourselves. And I, I, I get the irony of asking you to take time to think about these things when maybe your life is already very full with work and family obligations and stuff. But if what you want is to have a better sense of balance in your life, you have to start by de- defining for yourself what that looks like. And so asking yourself those key questions that are at the heart of almost everything we do, and we're going to talk about this, these questions more, uh, I think next week uh, we'll be talking about setting goals that matter, and this, this comes out of this. 
And so the first question is, you know, what kind of life do you want to live? What do you want your life to look like? And even deeper than that, why? Is it because you've looked at someone else's life and thought that looks perfect, I want that? Or have you, you know, created this vision in your mind of the life that would serve you and those you love the most effectively? So think really hard about this. What kind of life do you want to live and why? And second, the second question, and maybe this is more important because it it feeds into the first one, what kind of person do you want to be in the world? And uh, so much of uh, this question of balance in our lives and goals and priorities and all of that maybe could be resolved if you think about what kind of person you want to be in the world and why. Once you've figured that out, then you can ask yourself, okay, I want to be the kind of person that that is this. And we have a, a worksheet I think there's a link on the website, but if if not, I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes that can help you with, uh, kind of take you through some exercises of answering these questions for yourself. Starting with, who do you want to be in the world? What kind of person? And you, you can sit and journal, I'm the kind of person who this... You know what, and and answer that question as many ways as you need to. Once you've kind of figured that out, then you ask yourself, what kind of things does that kind of person do? If I am the kind of person who, I don't know, always has time for family and friends, all right, what kind of things would that kind of person do? How would she order her life to make sure that she has time to spend with her family and friends? Or if if your answer is, I'm the kind of person who creates beautiful things for my home and, and shares them with the world. Okay, what kind of things does that kind of person do? She's probably going to be doing some sort of, you know, creative activity to create those things. So when you think about the kind of person you want to be in the world, what kinds of things would that kind of person do? Then the next step is simply to figure out a way to do those things every day or, you know, every week. How, what, what has to be dropped from your schedule in order to make time to do the kinds of things that would be done by the kind of person you want to be. So again, who do you want to be in this world and why do you want to be that person? Live and work with purpose. Have a destination in mind. If you don't know where you're going, you can't know what steps to take. If you don't know what uh, you want your life to look like, you can't figure out what needs to change, if anything. Maybe your life is exactly the way you want it to be. If, if that's the case, celebrate that, rest in that, and don't worry about what anybody else is doing with their life. So if you are choosing to live and work with purpose, then spend some time understanding that big picture, long-term view. What kind of life do you want to create for yourself and for those you love? What kind of person do you want to be? Picture that, create an image in your mind, and then start breaking that down into little pieces. What can I do today to make my life more like that? more like what I've decided I want it to be. 
and then take those steps and apply the things that we've talked about on other episodes of this show in terms of being efficient in getting things done, writing things down, breaking down projects into the smallest pieces and scheduling them on your calendar, all those kinds of things that we've talked about before and that we will talk about more in the year to come to incorporate into your life those activities, those actions that make your life more consistent with the kind of balance, if we want to use that term, but the kind of life that you want to be living. By taking the time to establish a vision for your life and maybe putting that down on paper, create that that plan, envision what you want it to look like, write it down, review it and update it regularly. It will make your life better. It will make it more balanced in a way that works for you. It'll make it more fulfilling and ultimately more productive because you are making a life that matters as you define it. The truth is when we talk about balance, when we talk about a life plan, when we talk about priority, however you want to frame the discussion, we all have to choose among many options for how our time and our resources are used, our time, our energy, our attention, our money, all those things. Without some guiding principles to base those choices on, we simply cannot be sure that we'll accomplish the things that matter to us. And so it's so important to do this, to take the time to think through our commitments, our dreams, our values, establish those priorities firmly in our minds. That will help us make smarter choices about how we use our time and resources so we accomplish the things that are most important to us and become truly productive in the very best sense of that term. It's important to know your why. We talk about this a lot on this show. Know what matters to you most and why, and then make your decisions about work, life, personal, everything in line with those priorities and principles. Um, that's what keeps you going when things get hard or, or challenging. Your why has to be personal to you and consistent with your values and your big picture objectives because honestly, the why of, well, because other people think I should, won't carry you forward. It won't keep you going. So some other thoughts that I have in terms of creating a balance in your life between work and the other pieces of your life that works for you. There are some, I, uh, you know, things that we can do to create that and to be more consistent with our own values. And I think the first thing I would say to you and to me, and I'm, I, this is something I struggle with is to learn to be okay with imperfection. When we've identified what matters most to us, then we can start to take steps to spend more of our time and energy and attention on those things. But there are still other things that have to get done, right? We, uh, whether it's, you know, the bathroom needs to get cleaned or dinner needs to be put on the table or that report needs to be written. And we can spend lots and lots of time spinning our wheels, trying to be perfect in every area. If we do that, creating balance is going to be really, really hard because every, if we're trying to be perfect in everything, uh, we will run out of time. And so we need to be okay with imperfection, figuring out what things are most important, putting most of our effort there. And on the other things, 
putting in a reasonable amount of effort to put out a product, so to speak, that is adequate, that serves the purpose, that maybe isn't 100% perfect. Uh, I, I say this and I kind of cringe as I say it because it's really hard for me. I, I want, you know, I want everything I do to be a plus work. And the problem for me at least is if I try to do everything a plus, uh, some things simply won't get done at all. So learning to be okay with imperfection is an important step. Learn to let go to delegate certain things to someone else and let it go whether it's your spouse, your children, your coworkers, learn, figure out what absolutely must be done by you and what could be done by somebody else and be okay if they don't do it exactly the way you would. So for instance, negotiate with your spouse, a sharing of responsibilities for the home and the, you know, the kids or whatever else, and then let go of the parts he's responsible for. If he doesn't do it the way you would do it, you got to be okay with that. If it doesn't happen at all, don't pick it back up again and then resent it because that's what we do, right? We think we delegate something to someone else or we negotiate with someone, a coworker, the spouse, the kids, whatever, to do certain things. And then they don't follow through and do it. And so we go, all right, I guess I have to do it myself. And then we feel resentful. Well, they never you know, they never learn the consequences of when something doesn't get done and we end up feeling resentful. So that's a whole other issue that we'll talk about in a later episode, but learning to delegate things and then let them go and be okay if they're not done exactly the way and at the time that we would we might do it. That's an important skill to learn in order to make time and space in our lives for the things that matter most to us. Develop tools, systems, and habits that help you to be as efficient as possible at the the must-do stuff to allow more time for the things you want to do that you haven't had time for or that you haven't made time for. And we've done lots of episodes about tools and systems and habits and how they can help us be efficient. And you really want any of those things that have to get done, whether it's cleaning the house or uh, certain things at work, if we can develop those habits that help us to be very, very efficient at them, then they will contract in terms of the amount of time that they take and leave time and space for those other things that are important to us that we want to fit into our days. Uh, The next thing I would say that's a tool for developing this balance that works for us is uh, something else that we've talked about a lot in past episodes, and that's to develop that attitude of gratitude, finding something to be grateful for in the situation, choosing to look for the positive in any situation. That makes a huge difference in how we experience our lives, no matter how we're spending our time. And there's so much research out there about how people who are have developed this habit of gratitude are more productive and happier. And I'll try and remember to link to some episodes where we've talked about that in the past. But just, just work on that on purpose. Looking for something to be grateful for will make a big difference in how we feel about our lives, no matter what the, the balance is at the moment. So for me, 
when work, for instance, is taking up more time than I wish it did, I try to be grateful. I try to find something in that to be grateful for. And I will say out loud to myself or to someone else that I am grateful for a job that provides so well for our family and that has given me tons of opportunities and experiences, you know, and, and find, uh, I find that saying that out loud makes a difference in how I feel when I am overloaded and feeling like work is taking up too much time. Next thing I would say is that we need to give up comparison, you know, that, 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 never serves us well. What somebody else is doing may be a source of ideas, but it should not be the basis for judging how you're doing. As I mentioned before, you don't see the whole story of their life. And so judging yourself by what you see of what someone else is doing is a recipe for misery. And so we need to give that up. We can learn from each other without judging ourselves based on on what someone else is doing. Another suggestion would be that instead of trying for a perfect, whatever that means, balance every day or even every week, think of it in terms of seasons of life. And I mentioned this earlier as well. During a season when you have young children or you're caring for a parent, you'll spend more time on that and perhaps less on other things in your life. When you're starting a new job or a new business, you'll spend more time on work than maybe some of the other things that you want to do or or need to do in your life. And so give yourself grace in that stage of life. If you've got, if you've been, you know, diagnosed with an illness, maybe work and lots of relationships and lots of other things may reduce in your priority list because you're going to be spending a lot of time and energy and attention in caring for yourself and dealing with that diagnosis. And that's okay. We are not necessarily going to have a perfect balance on any given day or even a week or month. But if we think of it in terms of seasons over the long haul, at this stage of my life, more of my attention and time need to go to this piece of it. But at a later stage, I will turn to and uh, a- another area and give more attention there. And so during the stage where your time is on and attention are on one area, you do the minimum that is necessary to keep the other areas of your life going and give yourself permission to do that. And Another thing I would say is that we need to make sure as we are thinking about uh, how our days and weeks and months should be spent, make sure you take it, that you include time for self-care. We tend to drop that off. There was a message, a discussion in the Productive Woman Facebook group just this weekend about how the first thing that drops off the list for most of us is that self-care. And you know, there are reasons why we need to not do that. Uh, the woman, a uh, person who was the co-founder of Medium and of Twitter has said this, take care of yourself. When you don't sleep, you eat crap and you don't exercise and are living off adrenaline for too long, your performance suffers, your decisions suffer, your company suffers. Love those close to you. Failure of your company is not a failure in life. Failure in your relationships is. So taking care of yourself so that you have the strength, mental and physical, to to do the other things that are important to you. 
former First Lady Michelle Obama has said, women in particular need to keep an eye on their physical and mental health because if we're scurrying to and from appointments and errands, we don't have a lot of time to take care of ourselves. We need to do a better job of putting ourselves higher on our own to-do list. And she's absolutely right. And as part of that, to make time for that, I think we all need to be wise and strategic about the obligations we take on. We need to learn to say no at the right times, to say no to the expectations of other people that don't fit into your own big picture goals and objectives, to say no to the things that other people can and should do, to say no to yourself when you start to pressure or guilt yourself into taking on things out of obligation or fear of missing out to say no to the good, to leave room for the best. I commend to you the idea, uh, the suggestion that you read the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. That's a book by Greg McEwen that we've talked about on the show before uh, and that really focuses on this idea of being willing not only to say no to lousy things, but say no to good things, to leave room in our lives and in the energy that we have for the best things. And none of those things are easy to do if we haven't spent the time I talked about earlier to identify what really matters to me, what matters most, and am I making my choices each day, each week, each month in alignment with what matters most to me. If we know that, it makes it easier to say no. It's still hard because we want to be team players. We want other people to like us. We don't want to miss out on opportunities. But if we can get very, very clear in our minds about what matters most to us, then it makes it easier to say no to the things that don't fit with that. All right, so wrapping up, I wanted to share with you a quote from um, that, that I read that really... Um, resonated with me. And and I'll share a thought about it at the end, but this is from Brian Dyson, a guy who's the former chairman and and COO of Coca-Cola. And this is what he said, uh, to give us something to kind of think about, to picture all of this. Imagine life as a game in which you're juggling five balls in the air. You name them, work, family, health, friends, and spirit. And you're keeping all of those in the air. Does that sound familiar? Here's what he says. You will soon understand that work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. But the other four balls, family, health, friends, and spirit, are made of glass. If you drop one of these, they will be irrevocably scuffed, marked, nicked, damaged, or even shattered. They will never be the same. And he ends the quote by saying, you must understand that and strive for balance in your life. And and what I would say to that is, yes, but keep in mind what we've already talked about on this episode about what it, what balance means. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're spending equal amounts of time on each of those five things every day. But it, it means that you figure out what works for you, what amount of time is necessary for those other pieces so that those glass balls don't get dropped and shattered. Uh, but the the point of, of this quote, why it, re- it 
resonated so much with me is what he said kind of in the middle. Work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. The other four balls are made of glass. Keep that in mind as we're, and I'm saying this to myself as well as to you, we need to keep in mind that uh, we, th- we think career is important and it is, we've got to earn a living, right? We, our business, our, our employment, whatever it is, but it, it is a rubber ball. It will bounce back. It can be recovered. The others are more fragile and we need to keep that in mind as we're deciding how we spend our time, our energy and our attention uh, each day, each week, each month. So those are my thoughts on it. I would love to know what you think. How do you feel about the balance between work and the other important elements of your life? Do you feel like you're getting it right? If so, can you can you share how you're doing that? How you make the decisions about how you spend your time each day? If you're struggling with it, let me know where you're struggling and maybe we as a community can come up with some ideas. You can share your your thoughts on this, your ideas, your suggestions in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 284, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you are a woman who listens to this show and you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place for us to continue this conversation. I really do want to hear your thoughts on this. If you're a woman who listens to the show and you're not yet a member of that community, we would love to have you join us there. You can just go to theproductivewoman.com slash group. That will take you right to this group and you can ask to join. Please be sure to answer the, there's a couple of questions there, especially if your Facebook profile is set to private. So only your friends can see what's on it. I'm not trying to be nosy. I just want to know that someone who's asking to join this community is a woman who listens to the show and who actually wants to be a part of a supportive and and uh, encouraging community and isn't there to promote their business, which is not what this group is for, or to otherwise to be a troll. So, so please join us there if you're a woman who listens to the show, but answer those questions so I can let you in. This is a private group only for women who listen to the podcast. Uh, There's no promotion allowed there. No, you know, none of that kind of stuff. It's a very, very supportive and encouraging community. I'm delighted to be a part of it. Uh, People can find it on, on Facebook by searching for it, but they can't see what we post or any of that sort of thing unless they're a member. If you would rather share your thoughts about this episode or anything else with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Before we go, a quick word about FreshBooks. I mentioned them at the beginning of the show. You may not know that 24 million Americans, which is more than the population of Florida, I'm told, want to work for themselves by 2021. But around 35% of them cite inconsistent income as one of the things holding them back from launching their own business. If that's you, maybe FreshBooks can help because if money is a big deterrent, getting paid two times faster might help you make the leap, right? FreshBooks is a cloud accounting software that basically does your invoicing for you. And on top of that, 
gets you paid about twice as fast. And it's very easy to use because it's made for entrepreneurs. It lets you create and send invoices automatically, accept credit cards and ACH payments right from those emailed invoices. It allows you to automate payments for recurring invoices and automate invoice payment reminders, which is awesome. So instead of you having to send an email to a customer who hasn't yet paid their invoice, it can uh, FreshBooks can do that automatically. Overall, FreshBooks helps you face big challenges like getting paid so you can focus on growing your business. And they are offering Productive Woman listeners a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks right now. No credit card required. You can just sign up, put it through its paces, see how it works for you, see if it's something that you enjoy. I've been using it for several years and I find it very simple to use. Just visit freshbooks.com tpw. And be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. That's freshbooks.com slash TPW for a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks cloud accounting service. And remember also, if you want to try out a text expander, that amazing productivity tool that I can't, can't even function without on my when I'm typing, visit textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year and save time with your typing. Thank you so much to Text Expander and to FreshBooks for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile. I hope you found something in this discussion that is helpful to you. I'd love to hear from you and uh, hear your thoughts, as I said. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Thank you.